Art of the Kickstart, episode 45. And get ready, because something crazy and new is about to happen. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating and creating the products of the future. And backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Hey guys, one of the biggest challenges and questions that I've been getting quite a bit from inventors and innovators out there, and just things I've seen from over 50 plus podcast interviews, is some of the challenges that people have when they're launching their Kickstarter campaign. They want to know, do they have everything ready? Is there anything they missed? So I just put together a checklist. 23 steps to make sure your Kickstarter campaign is absolutely ready to dominate when you launch. You guys can get that for free by going to artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. Just signing up and hopefully that will help you launch your campaign hassle-free and just get it off the ground and running smooth. Hey guys, welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm extremely excited to have really a revolutionary interview for the podcast. We're doing something completely different on two fronts. Today we're having Seymour Segnet, a super successful ex-Indiegogo campaign creator who's coming on. He's launching a second campaign. He's doing something crazy with Thing Charger. We're going to jump into all that, but thank you so much for coming today, Seymour, and doing this landmark interview. No, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm super excited to get into this. First, though, quote, what do you live by that others can absolutely learn from? Well, you know, I have a, a, a quote that I hope will be a great motivator for campaign, uh, for people running campaigns, particularly folks running uh, the, kind of these hardware campaigns where stuff has to be made, but also for contributors to those campaigns. And it comes from my friend uh, Christopher Hawker, who's a great guy, a, 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 has been a wonderful friend and advisor to us, but himself is an inventor and a creator and a campaign runner. And he says, a great camp, a great late product is only late until it ships a bad product is bad forever and i hope most folks listening haven't had the experience of having something less than satisfactory shipped to them i I have a couple of times we're certainly working like crazy to make sure people are delighted with what we ship but it is taking significantly longer than we had originally hoped that's such a beautifully motivational quote it feels almost steve job-esque where it's once it's ready, then it's ready. But before that, you just don't do it. And speaking of which, Indiegogo, that that's kind of your platform. And we've always focused on Kickstarter, but now right. we're going to get some differences. So first, before we get into that, why did you start this campaign, Thing Charger? Tell us about it and how you raised almost $650,000 well beyond your campaign goals. Right. Um, well, so let's 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 break it down. First of all, how did the thing come about? I think many of us have have these days a number of items that need to be charged around the house, a number of USB items. And there's this sort of mess of wires and, you know, honey, have you seen my charger? And, you know, you everyone's trying to charge in the same outlet in the kitchen or, you know, there's, there's just it's one of these things that, that the technology has gotten ahead of us and it's a bit of a mess. And I always like neat solutions to things. And I was trying to in our house. You know, I was buying different products to try and make a neat sort of charging station or a neat solution for us and for when people came to visit. And uh, I was frustrated by most of the things that I bought. And one day I had an idea 
one of the things I was holding in my hand, I was finding unsatisfactory, but I thought of if I could make these seven changes to it, then it would be cool. And I told my wife and she said, that's, that's a great idea. Why don't you, you know, work on it a bit. Um, I joked that she said, you know, go to the basement and do not come out until you've got a prototype. And I built a very, very, very simple prototype. I'm, I'm not, I, I studied engineering a long time ago, but I'm not a, a, I'm not a, a kind of qualified current engineer. I'm just, you know, just like everyone else, someone who's living their life and occasionally has an idea. But I, I, I mocked something up and then made a little film describing it because I found it hard to describe in, in words and, and not, not kind of, you know, wanting to sort of, uh, sort of plug us too overtly, but I think it is useful to go and watch the film because it's terribly difficult to to describe it. Um, But it's essentially, if you imagine something that looks like a wall outlet that plugs into a wall outlet and you can pop your phone on top of it, that's kind of of what it looks like. But there are a few elements of the way the design works that people find delightful. And and I found it easiest to demonstrate those in a a video, Uh, showed video to friends and family. They thought it was great. And I'm like, you know what? Life gives you opportunities sometimes and I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of nuts if I don't if I don't pursue this one. I think you're being a little bit modest, Seymour, saying you're just a regular guy. You go out there and you commit to something. You clearly put a ton of effort into creating this, into getting it out there. What were some of the challenges you had before you started the crowdfunding campaign to really get this prototype production ready? Well, what what we did was I think one of the reasons that we chose Indiegogo, by the way, is because Indiegogo is an open platform, so you can kind of bring your idea wherever it is in its in its uh, process right so you can i mean you could just at indiegogo you could literally sketch something on a napkin take a photograph of it post it write a paragraph and launch a campaign now you probably wouldn't be very successful if you did that because people are looking for a bit more but you wouldn't be but indiegogo doesn't doesn't filter so what that means is that there's is that the overall quality on Indiegogo isn't as good as it is on Kickstarter because Kickstarter you know has has fairly strict criteria for what gets on there. But it does mean that for folks like us who who couldn't who 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 basically needed money before we could meet Kickstarter's criteria, you know, it, it needed more investment and more, you know, to 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 make a final prototype just needed a lot more work than we were able to do without raising some money. But we were able to go there and say, "Hey, look, you know, we've got this idea and my wife and I have decent presentation skills, so we were able to present it really well. And we had a manufacturer lined up who we since changed, which is one of the reasons it's taken extra time. But, you know, we said we've got a manufacturer who, who, who can do this, who've made plenty of power adapters before. And we've got this idea. And if you'll give us some money, we'd like to go out and uh, we'd like to go out and, and do it. So that's, you know, that, that, was, that was how we got there. And the initial campaign goal um, – campaign goals are funny things because, again, the, because of the way – because of the way Kickstarter came out sort of first and most famous, the the sense is that like this is this goal is everything that is needed to to do this. And my perception from the beginning has been if I'm committed to do this, right? If I'm not committed, then it's like then the whole thing's over, right? But if I'm a thousand percent committed to doing this, I should set I should set the the goal where as long as we raise this, we can move the whole thing forward. So I knew that R25 wasn't enough to get to the finishing line, but I knew it was enough to give us a huge boost forward, and then maybe, then maybe we would run a we would run a second campaign, you know, for the next stage. And as it turned out, we exceeded we exceeded 25 many many times over, which brought with it its, its own kind of expenses and challenges. But yeah, we chose the goal as being the minimum amount that uh, that we felt 
ethically and appropriately, we could say if we can raise this amount of money, we will be able to go ahead with this this project. But we also said from the beginning, and we'll come back for more money as necessary. I think that's really interesting because up to this point, we've only had Kickstarter inventors on here. And these people, they're going at this saying, this is my shot to make it. Whereas you took a completely different route. And I think Indiegogo seems to empower that a little bit better. If you have an idea, you're not as far along with it, you can launch that campaign. It's like going to venture capitalists for funding, saying, I need this seed round. And then obviously I'm going to be coming back to you guys again to get another round to really make this thing shine. And that seems to be what you guys are doing now. Can you tell us why you're coming back to Indiegogo after such a massive campaign? Yeah, well, the truth is that these things are much more expensive to do than than you think, right? So in so 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 in our case, it's six. We raised a little over six hundred and forty thousand, and we've actually raised a bit more than that because we've sort of said on our website since then we've said if you would like to contribute, please go right ahead. So the total amount I don't have in front of me now, but it's you know it's it's a good bit more than six forty, but still let, let's let's stick with the kind of the, that public number of six forty. So $640,000, if it was in your personal bank account or my personal bank account or, or that of most of the folks listening to this would be a huge amount of money. I mean, you know, you can, you can, you can buy a number of houses. You go to the right part of the country, you can buy a dozen, a dozen houses for that. But, you know, it's like it's a huge amount of personal money. To launch a hardware company, it's actually extremely modest amount of money. And... What we found is, first of all, running the campaign itself is expensive. We uh, we came out of the gate well with our friends and family, but we were fading fast after a few days. We had a, a PR person whose PR didn't materialize, and we were in danger of having a, a huge failure on our hands. And that was an important moment of kind of inflection, because was it either, okay we, okay, we give up, or we are not going to give up? And I just... I couldn't figure out any other option than kind of like, I'm just going to start working the phones until I, until I make a breakthrough here. And luckily, we, we quickly found some folks who could help us by driving traffic, essentially by running uh, Facebook advertising, running it very brilliantly, I might add, but essentially by, by finding people on the web who own cell phones and other devices and getting them to see the campaign. And luckily, our campaign, we knew from the, the data from the first few days was that we converted really well. So when people saw it, they loved it. So I was able to make the case, you know, I was able to quickly make the case that, you know, if you will help us to get traffic there, we'll be able to do so, we'll be able to do so profitably. But we had to, you know, we had to pay for the person who did that for us. We had to pay for the advertising. Uh, Indiegogo takes 4%. It's a little, it's, they're a little, quote unquote, cheaper than um, than Kickstarter. But uh, but nevertheless, you know, 4% four, four, four out of anything is a, is a, because remember, this is hardware. The margins aren't that great, right? So 4%. Is like if you've got a hundred dollars in your pocket and I take four percent, now you're at ninety-six, it's no big deal, right? Hundred versus ninety-six. But if kind of ninety of those dollars are already committed in different ways, so you essentially you have ten dollars in your pocket and I just took four, that's a big chunk, right? So uh, so they've got Indiegogo's fee, there's card processing fees. You know, we had one or two people who'd worked for free to help us get the campaign off the ground, and 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 uh, with the promise that if we if we had some success, we would be writing them a check. So that we you know there was a, a few percentage points went there. So what we found is that is that actually running it as a business is 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 very expensive. And on top of that, we've got fantastic opportunities because one of the shopping television networks is really keen to um to to put us on air. That requires us building up a lot of inventory. We've got um you know uh, uh, international. We've got 
my goodness, we've got a, a file folder full, and it's not on the computer, of course, but a metaphorical file folder full of inquiries from international distributors. So this, so this as a business, this needs more funding. And I'm like, I'm one of the champions of crowdfunding. Why would, why would I, why would I, you know, when the, when, when the correct business decision is to take another round of financing, why, why would I go to some horrible bank or some, some beastly venture capitalist when I think crowdfunding is the best thing in the world? I should go back to crowdfunding. You know, we, you know, we know how to present our case to the crowd. And so that's what we're doing. And it's completely revolutionary. I've never seen it happen before where someone decides we're going to do rounds through crowdfunding, yet it makes complete and total sense. You're not giving up your company. You're building it with backers, with people that support what you're doing. How do you how do you picture that? How do you show that to backers for this new campaign? You're going for larger amounts. You want to make this hardware company happen. And you've got all of these opportunities that as success builds, more stresses come. How do you deal with that? And I know you said before we the interview started you have been real active keeping up with backers making sure that they feel like a part of your business of your company so they understand what's happening well i think we have i think we have recently certainly one of the mistakes we made to begin with after the campaign closed we spent it took quite a few months to find our our, our licensee manufacturer this is an important thing for inventors who are listening there's a difference between inventing something and bringing it to market and it's and bringing it to market. I mean, inventing is hard, and bringing it to market is hard. But if you're an inventor and you're not experienced at dealing with factories and all and distribution and this, that, and the other, licensing is a pretty smart thing to thing to consider. And we took some advice on this, and we decided, like, you know, we obviously have some skills presenting this to people. You know, otherwise the campaign wouldn't have done well. But in terms of like managing a fa- and something like Think Charger, by the way, has to be made uh, on the other side of the world. There's, there's no economical model for making it in, in America at the moment, sadly. So you're dealing with factories on the other side of the world that speak a different language, have a different approach. I mean, li- and, and literally, even when they're using English, use a different use a different language. So, for instance, when we're, when we're talking to them about elements of the design, it, we have to say we, we have to use the words beautiful or ugly. Which of course are very very strong words in the English language. Like beautiful means, oh my goodness, it's like it's pretty amazing, right? And beautiful means, beautiful means like nine or ten out of ten, and ugly means no my, minus nine or ten out of ten. But there is, but but th- these are the words that we that we use with the factory because beautiful means it's good and we can proceed, and ugly means it isn't good enough and we need to work on it. And 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 as as native English speakers, we would never use the language in that way. So so I say we use with the factory. Well, we don't use it directly with the factory. We work with our licensee that has got 25 years of experience in making electronics and distributing it. And this way, they are experts in this. They will make sure that the product is outstanding, that we're working extremely closely with them. And when when future sales happen through the big box stores and this, that and the other, there's obviously a sharing out of the of, of any profits that are made from that. But our risk is greatly reduced by doing that. But we did retain for ourselves that, that we, in our agreement with them, that we had the right to do, to do crowdfunding and one or two other things where we thought our presentation skills would be, would be helpful. I wanted to just loop back because you were asking about, um, you, you were saying we'd done a great job with our, camp, our first campaign contributors and how were how we speaking to them. I think we didn't do a great job to begin with because, of, because it took us a while to get this in place. We've done much better over the last um, few months now with with regular video updates, and I was always feeling like I've got to have some like some 
hard news. And the truth is people just want to know that you're that you're on it and that you're real and that you haven't absconded to the Bahamas and purchased a Ferrari, I think. So we've we've done we've done better more recently. But in preparation for this campaign, we've had a series of communications explaining to our first campaign supporters to whom we couldn't be more grateful. I mean, we could, you know, we wouldn't be, I had a meeting with my team earlier today, you know, and there's a, there's a consultant from a PR agency and there's a web guy and there's, there's someone who's come on as a project manager to, to help us w- with the new campaign. I'm like, listen guys, you know, y- you know, you guys send us an invoice every month and that invoice is paid because the camp, the first campaign supporters helped us to get this thing started. These people are amazing. We must, you know, we must never ever forget what they've done for us. And as we go into this next campaign, we're doing a handful of things kind of exclusively for them to make sure that they know that they're special. You know, we're going to, there's a new USB standard coming out called USB-C and we're going to give them all a free USB tip. Think Charger uses tips to change from one, one type of phone to another. So we're going to give them all a free tip if they want one. And we're going to give them, and we've got a special referral program, and we're going to give them special bonuses within the referral program for this for this new campaign. They've got the best, you know, they, they've still got the best deals that we've uh, that we've ever had. We're going to ship to them first. Oh my goodness, we're going to ship to our first campaign people first. So so we're really, you know, we passionately believe that it's important to um to 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 look after them, and we can, you know, we can never. Yeah, we can never express our gratitude enough to them. There's nothing more important when you're building a business than just building that brand and that connection with your backers, your customers, those early adopters that are going to support you and just push you forward into the future. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And Seymour, I want to jump now into the launch round. How's that sound? Let's go. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. First question, Seymour. As an inventor, how do you get started? And it's just do it. It's it's find the you have to. It's a it's a massive internal commitment. It's like I will do this or I will die trying. And it doesn't have to be those words, but it has to be that energy. It has to be this is it. Absolutely. And you mentioned you mentioned it before, beautiful, ugly. So what is it in design? How do you make something come out aesthetically beautiful? Man, and the thing is, it doesn't have to be um, aesthetically beautiful because a lot of people don't care. But I do care. So we're working, you know, we're working to do that. I mean, I've seen I've seen a number of campaigns fly with something where I thought, my goodness, if they would just round the corners a little bit and, and center the center, the logo in the middle, it would be so much nicer. So it doesn't it doesn't have to be beautiful, but I think ultimately, I mean, Apple, you know, Apple, of course, one of the huge success stories of, of the last couple of decades with with design at it, at its center. I think so. I think that design is incredibly important to me, but it isn't incredibly important to everything. But I think that people going, oh my goodness, is important, and that may come from design beauty. It may come from some amazing part of the of the functionality. But if you've, if you've got an idea, if you can't get your friends and family to go, this is an important distinction, by the way, if you're like me and I'm not, you know, I'm not in my twenties or thirties or even my forties anymore. Um, I've been involved in a lot of projects, had a lot of ideas over the years. And you know, that thing when you take it to your friends and family and they go, Hey Matt, yeah, that's great. Best of luck with that. And they've got the kind of cheesy smile on their face and 
they're not really that enthusiastic, but they don't want to let you down. And there's a world of difference between that energy and, oh my goodness, that's amazing. You've got to do this, right? And with Thing Charger, that we had that second energy very, very strongly from people. And I think it's kind of, sure, okay. I mean, it, the thing is, there's a, there's a difference between, like the, the, the famous example of Colonel Saunders, right? He was turned down by, was it 200 banks or something before he started Kentucky Fried Chicken KFC? So, but he, but he knew that he had something great and he, he can't have been feeding that chicken to other people who said, this is disgusting, right? If he, if every time he'd, he'd handed someone the chicken and they'd hated it, he wouldn't have gone to 200 banks, right? So he accumulated a, enough truthful evidence that there was, that there was something worth having here that, and that gave him the energy. So, so you don't know where that's going to come from. And, it, and sometimes an inve- it, it, it's kind of, it, it's difficult because I mean, Steve Jobs famously would say that people don't know what what they want until they've got it. So you could have couldn't test it. But you've got to be you've got to if you can't test it and we were able to test it. And I would say that with chicken, you can test it. But if you can't test it, you better listen really carefully to your deep, deep inner voice about are you just excited about this or do you truly know that you're onto something? And that's a case of kind of getting quiet with yourself, sort of, you know, sitting quietly on top of the metaphorical or real mountain and just getting true with yourself. If you have, you know, if you have a kind of religious uh, belief system to go to, maybe a good time to go to that. Like, is this like, is this because you're going to need to commit yourself a thousand percent to this for, you know, probably for several years. Like, is, is there a there there? That is absolutely the most challenging and most important thing you can do as an inventor, just to vet your ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I mentioned Chris Hawker earlier on and gave the quote from him. I mean, he he says, we're looking for a hot yes or a quick no. Really, really well put. You know, you want want people saying no. Like, Matt, uh, you may think it's a good idea to have a broomstick with bristles all the way up the handle, but I don't. You know what I mean? It will be very uncomfortable to hold, and those extra bristles won't really be useful for anything. Oh, but I no. So it's much better to have, you know, an, an honest no quickly or an enthusiastic yes. You don't want that kind of yeah. Good luck with that, Matt. Yeah, great. That's the worst thing. That's de- that's death. And that's and if you and if you pursue it after that that sort of lukewarm yes, that's two or three years of your life going away there. That's when you die. It's got to be hell yes or no. So next question. We were talking about this a little bit before the program, and you don't have to get super in-depth if you don't want to, but we were mentioning how you met Richard Branson. And my question for you, do you have any entrepreneurial heroes out there, people you would love to meet, and what would you talk to him about? Well, I, I, let's just let's just fo- focus on on Richard. As everybody, I always used to think it was like, gosh, people people who people who know Richard Branson call him Richard, and they really think there's something that they can just call him Richard. But it's actually from his energy that that, that this happens. People meet him, and and he just has this way of, he really does feel like you've known him your whole life, and he's your best friend when you meet him. I can't I can't put it any other way. It came about just because because our campaign had been successful. A friend of a friend organizes a group of entrepreneurs who who go to Richard Branson to go to Necker Island once once a year and because it was felt that this crowdfunding thing was new and exciting would be interesting for the group I was invited I was invited along there I felt extremely privileged I got to do a little presentation to the group which was well received um Slava Rubin the 
founder of Indiegogo, was also there for a few days. So I got to kind of, you know, to, to, to meet with him a little bit. Slava is brilliant, by the way, because the, the other thing about Indiegogo is there's, there's no preferential treatment for anyone. Right. It's like they, you will see you will see them promoting campaigns, but that is based entirely on whether the campaign is giving it is putting is putting air underneath its own wings. Does that make sense? So if you're if you're out there in the press, if you're in the social media, if you're raising the money, then then you will start to be featured. But like but like, you know, just because I met Slava for, for a few days. I, I, you know, I, I know, I, I know, I, I, I wouldn't, would never even ask for extra help. It's just that's not the way they are. That's, 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 not, and rightly so. So, because we're a previous successful campaign, you know, we have access to one or two technical kind of facilities. Um, some, sometimes when they have campaigns that they've worked with before, sometimes if they have a new feature that they're testing, they will test it with some people that they know, and we, we're, we're very blessed to be in, in that category now. But in terms of any special, any other special treatment, absolutely not. And we we wouldn't ask for it, and we and, and no, and you shouldn't have it. But sorry, coming back to coming back to um, the Necker Island thing, I was I was invited to be there, and it was just a chance to you know to meet a, a bunch of other remarkable people. The thing that was so remarkable about um, about Richard Branson was this: as I mentioned, we were I got to give a little presentation. We were all asked to give little ten minute presentations, and the brief for the presentation was very clear. It was in 10 minutes, in 10 minutes or less, right? Had not a second, there was a little competition going. So the rules of the competition where you couldn't go one second over, over 10 minutes. So in 10 minutes or less, talk about one topic, idea, whatever, that has either been massive for you in your personal life, so some realization or something in your personal life, or that has been worth you know, a quarter of a million dollars to you in business, okay? So I figured, well, we raised more than a quarter of a million in crowdfunding. So, so, so if I did, if, if I did a little briefing on crowdfunding for people, this would be appropriate for my topic. But the, the thing I wanted to talk about actually wasn't wasn't my talk. It was what happened on the first day when we sat down, because the first there were you know maybe a couple of dozen of us there, and on the first day maybe four or five gave presentations, and the first person gave a very an excellent talk. Uh, it was actually, and I can remember what it was right now. It was it was. He was saying that we should all spend an hour, an hour or less a day on the internet, and by that he means like tooling around on the internet and just kind of messing around. He doesn't mean you know, if you need to do a Skype meeting with someone, then that takes an hour. Well, then you need to do a Skype meeting. That's an alternative to meeting in person. And he was just saying that we were wasting our time. So that was a very clear topic, and he argued, he explained how it had been empowering for his team and great for his business and made a huge difference in his home life. So he was he was completely on topic. But the next couple of people just sort of said interesting things for 10 minutes each, you know, like they were they were nice people and they were, you know, they were they were interesting talks, but they weren't meeting this very clear criteria, which is one big idea. And I was sitting there sort of thinking, my goodness, who are these people? It's very, it was a simple enough brief. Why couldn't they why couldn't they be bothered? I'm mean, good. Richard Branson's in the room. You Can't you be respectful and make your talk meet the brief? And I, I had all this kind of nonsense talk going on in my head. And I looked across during the second, after the second, you know, like while the second person was talking and doing this, and I looked across. And whilst I was sitting there having a kind of grumpy inner dialogue about why can't people <laughs> follow the rules, Richard Branson was sitting there and furiously writing notes. He takes a, a notebook with him wherever he goes. He was writing, writing and writing and writing line after line, page after page of notes on each of these t- short 10 minute talks. And at the end, any questions, immediately his hand went up. And he had these really 
you know, he had really good questions based on what he'd just heard. And I'm like, well, but, you know, there, there's a difference, right? I mean, he's only he's only 13 or 14 years older than me. So we've both been adults for, you know, quite a few decades. The difference is he is just absolutely there to learn anything from anybody at any time. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And that's so important. You have to be learning something and engaged if you want to really go forward. And learning, one of the things I've learned a lot from, and I want to know from you, have there been any books that have been amazingly influential on in your life? My goodness. Um, I, I've, I, I'm a little ashamed to say that I've never been as much of a reader as, uh, as, I, as I, think that, uh, I think that we should all be. But I think I'd like to point to, my goodness, well, there have been, there've been obviously quite a few over, over the years. I think there's a couple that have, that have been hugely influential to me in this work, getting some success in, in crowdfunding. Because crowdfunding, I mean, it's this thing about crowdfunding is it, it's just marketing like it's always been with a couple of different things, right? It's like you're concentrating everybody on this page on someone else's website instead of your own website. And there's this time limit, right? And this, this goal. But essentially, you still need to offer something good and have people like it when they get there. And I wanted to just mention Joe Sugarman's book, uh, Triggers to People. If you're thinking of launching a campaign, you should really read Triggers, which talks about what are, what are the kinds of things which, when you talk about them or mention them in your video, in your copy, and so on, have a way of connecting with people. So uh, the kind of language that you can use, the kind of ways that you can, I mean, obviously, like, like, you know, most significant tools can be used for good or for ill, right? I mean, you can use a, you can use a car to drive to drive a sick person to hospital, or you can use it to run someone over, right? You can use a gun to defend your country from an invader. You can use it to to commit some horrible crime, and so 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 use of language to influence needs to be done, you know, from a sort of you know with a, with a certain sort of ethics in mind, because because people can be manipulated inappropriately, or they can be influenced appropriately. But Joe's book, uh, Triggers, talks a lot about, you know, so, so you know, please use these tools uh, kind of appropriately. But we'll talk a lot about, about how to communicate in ways that, that really get your point ac- across to people. The other one is waiting for your cat to bark. Waiting for your cat to bark, Jeffrey Eisenberg. And it's not terribly well known, but it talks about something that is very important in creating communications, which is essentially when people come to your and in the case of a crowdfunding campaign, they're, they're coming to your page, right? They're coming to your, you can have a video or a, please have a video at the top, by the way, not just a still image. They're going to come to your video at the top and then, and then some copy and images below. And they talk about a very detailed process for establishing the different characters of people who might be arriving there. And if you want to spend a lot of money, you can actually, you can work with their team and, and figure out the different sort of uh, the different icons that represent the different people that that would be coming that that would be that would be interested in in your business but very broadly there are four types two of them like to go quickly and two of them like to go slowly right and of the two who like to go quickly one likes quick logical information and the other likes quick emotional information all right and of the two that like to move slowly one likes lots and lots of logical information and the other likes lots and lots of emotional information so what does that what does that mean in practice? Well, what are examples of that really quickly? So so quick logical information is works with any USB device, 2.1 amps, now available in 16 colors, which by the way, we're not available in 16 colors. Right. But those are fact, short factual bullet points. So uh, so if you think of the kind of the energy of not necessarily a man, but the kind of the masculine energy of kind of 
get it done quickly, make a quick decision, right? You want quick facts, make a decision. So you want to have, so, so to fulfill the needs of that individual or, or a person who's in that mode or the part of the person that's in that mode, you want to have quick facts near the top of the page because they're not going to go scrolling around looking for them. For the quick emotional person, you want to have some, essentially some eye candy, right? You want to have some good feeling stuff near the top of the page. So eye candy, you know, beautiful picture products, beautiful photography is one great way of doing it. You know, and maybe, maybe, maybe a couple of quotes from other people. Oh, I love this new design. I can't wait to get 10 of them into my house, right? It's with a picture of someone. So it's like, ah, so those are, those are like little quick, those, those types of things quickly satisfy people who are looking for a quick logical or emotional hit or a blend of the two. And then for people who want more detail, that's why you've got a nice long page and your page essentially can go on for, you know, for scroll down a long way on Indiegogo, Kickstarter and all the other platforms. And by the way, there are lots of other platforms out there. I mean, you guys focus on Kickstarter today. We're talking about Indiegogo, but there are lots and there are, and there are now over a thousand other platforms. Not all of them will succeed, but there are some great ones. There are some really terrific ones out there. I interviewed the founder of Rocket Hub the other day. They're doing some amazing work. And, uh, you know, there's just, there's just loads and loads of them, loads and loads of them out there. And I, you know, I encourage people to, to, to look around and weigh the pros and cons of the, of the different platforms before they, you know, before they go ahead. Because, you know, the platform you choose is quite an important decision. You know, it's kind of like choosing your vice president before you're president. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's one of the big decisions you make before you go into the, into the fire. But just to finish on the waiting for your cat to, to bark, then there's some people who want more information. So they want to scroll down and get lots of facts. So this is like ch- charts and technical, you know, technical, technical information, technical specs, you know, big chart, a big spreadsheet with technical specifications in. And, and people who want a lot more emotional stuff. So lots of pictures, lots of videos of other people talking about it, lots of quotes. And if you if you if you put together a rich mixture of these, and again, if people want to go go take a look at thingcharger.com, you'll see our campaign. There's thingcharger.com. You'll see the campaign there, and you'll see that we've got a mix of all of these things in there. And I very much encourage anyone who's running a campaign to have you know to have a rich mixture of these things. Yeah, that's so important to appeal to people all different backgrounds. And last question, we're going to start to wrap up the interview, Seymour. You've been an awesome guest. I think you've shared a ton of insight into Indiegogo, Kickstarter, crowdfunding in general. But my last question for you, from your experience, if you had one piece of advice for people that want to launch their own crowdfunding campaign, they want to become inventors and create something awesome, what would you tell them? I would say become a student of crowdfunding for a little while before you go. And was I'm only allowed to say one thing, right? So become (laughs) become a student before you go. And while you're a student, you may notice that doing it well uh, isn't really something to do overnight. And, and uh, by the way, there are different kinds of campaigns. I, I interviewed Slava um, the other day for a podcast, and he makes the point that you know, if if you're you know trying to raise two hundred dollars for your local library, I mean, just put up a campaign and use it as uh, use it instead of a hat. Walk around from one neighbor to the next with with the app on your phone and get people to make contributions to the library. You don't have to spend months putting that together. But if you but if you're if you're aiming for one of these kind of larger campaigns, as ours became, as, as many of the ones that, that, that you talk to are becoming, you need to spend some time thinking about it beforehand. And there's nothing better than, I, I always say, go out there, look at the top 10 campaigns of all time, and look at the top 10 campaigns in your category, right? So if you're doing clothing, look at the top 10 clothing campaigns of all time, right? And look at the top 10 campaigns of all time. And look at any others that, that, that come across. And literally, we, we went through 
And at one point, we copied and pasted elements from other campaigns onto a page. We just sort of assembled a kind of junk campaign, but it was like, oh, we should have some testimonials. So we copied and pasted some testimonials in just to remind us to do these things. You know, we copied and pasted, uh, you know, sort of pie charts. And what, one of the favorite ones I got from that actually was a comparison chart because we didn't really feel that, the, that, that we actually had a direct competitor. So we just used it to, to generally have fun with wireless chargers, which if you've ever seen a, a wireless charger today, they have wires all, all over the place. You know, you're, you, you may not have a wire from the charger to your phone, but you have all kinds of wires hooking up the charger to the wall. And we kind of thought that was funny. So, uh, so we did a, a comparison chart for that. But yeah, go look, at, go look at other campaigns and look at the things that you think are engaging, engaging or funny. And the, I guess the other thing that I would say, which is something that, that we're working on a lot for our new campaign, is like, how do, how do you get people involved, right? Beyond the contribution, how do you build an amazing referral program? And we, we believe that we're taking that to a significantly new level in the, in the new campaign, you know, like a lot of competitions, a lot of prizes, uh, you know, like people can obviously get free, free stuff of ours, but if someone's like a, like a super supporter, we've got ways of making sure that they can be rewarded and really think about, think through the process of being a contributor from the beginning, someone first sees you, they come to the page, are you presenting the information in a good way? Okay, they've just contributed. How can you encourage them to share? How can you encourage them to share a week later and a week after that? And really, really build it out. And we did some of that the first time, and we're doing a good bit more of it this time. Yeah, it's so important. If you get people to share it, your campaign has such a better chance. And speaking of sharing it, Seymour, your new campaign's coming out pretty soon. I've got to give you a chance. You've been on here and shared so much. Pitch it. Why should people check it out? Hey, look, uh, hey, guys, uh, listen, you, you should check it out. First, if you if you listen to this podcast, you should check it out as a student of podcasting. We would love for you to support us. Of course, we would love for you to support us and we'd love for you to share it. But for me, the, the you know, part of my mission now certainly is to is to make Thing Charger successful. But but like you and we were talking before the show, we have a very similar philosophy on this, Matt. I feel like crowdfunding has been this amazing gift to me and I want to try and help other people with it. So if you go take a look at our campaign, you, and you can just go to thingcharger.com and you'll be directed to the, to the campaign as it's live. If you go there and look, you will get a lot of good ideas for your own campaign, for your own business, for your own, for your own marketing. And that I would be thrilled if that was all you did. I'd be a tiny bit more thrilled if you contributed, but I would be thrilled if you just went there and learned something that was useful to you. Absolutely, guys. And worst case scenario, at least reach out to Seymour and tell him thanks for coming on the show. He's been an awesome guest. He shared some great insight. Thank you so much for coming on today, Seymour. It's been awesome. You're welcome, Matt. Thank you so much. So what do you guys think? Did you like our interview today with Seymour? Are you excited about opening up the avenues of Indiegogo as well and exploring the stories of the innovators and inventors on both crowdfunding platforms that are really dominating? That's something that I'm thinking we're going to focus on. I want to hear some feedback from you guys. Leave reviews on the show. Leave feedback on this episode as well. And let me know if that's something you guys are interested in. Do you want to be able to launch crowdfunding campaigns on both platforms and dominate? Let me know. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Art of the Kickstart, where we believe makers, inventors, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and it's been a pleasure guiding you through this journey of creation and innovation. I hope you're inspired by this and check out artofthekickstart.com to get more information and tactics to help you launch your own business, product, and dreams.